Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and I am by myself tonight. Josh, perhaps very wisely, uh, took his wife to the movies instead of watching instead of watching this game tonight. Um, so I will be recommending to him that he just trash bins it and doesn't bother. In the meantime, we are going to talk about this game um, and about the larger problems that continue to plague LAFC. And at this point, we are, let's see, what's today? July 28th. We are well into the season. We are, let's see, that's 21 games into the season. So we're over halfway now. No, sorry, 16 games into the season. Sorry. So we're just about halfway. Um, and LAFC continued to find ways to drop points. At the last minute, starting early, um, we saw them drop points against Portland at the very at the depth. We saw them drop points um, to Vancouver by conceding two early goals and having to claw their way back and, and salvage just one point at home. Um, and tonight we see them go up one, give up a goal, go up another one, and then once again, give it away at the depth. And again, at this point in the season, your, the excuses are no longer just excuses. They are trends. They are problems. They are systemic in the team. And we have to draw conclusions. If we're not drawing conclusions at this point, we're, we're never going to allow ourselves to draw conclusions. And we will start the next season in 2022 thinking, oh man, if only uh, Christian Arango would have, would have arrived a little bit earlier, then everything would have been solved. But that's not dealing in reality. So that's what we're going to try and do tonight. Um, LAFC run out in the 3-5-2 that we've seen so many times now uh, that has looked good at times and looked really poor at others. Uh, nothing too surprising. It was good to see Diego Palacios back in the, back in the mix. Um, yeah, Cifuentes, Atuesta, and, and Blessing back in the, back in the midfield. Uh, obviously, there's some news about Mark Anthony Kay. We'll get to that later on in the show. Uh, but it's a, it's a formation and, uh, arguably, arguably a starting 11 that LAFC have been successful with before. No Eddie Segura as he was out injured. Um, but it didn't, it didn't look to matter all that much at the beginning. They, LAFC started well. Minnesota is not that threatening of a team. Um, they have, they have a couple dangerous threats on the field, but they're not, uh, they're not Seattle. They're not SKC. They're not the revolution with, you know, their various DPs that can seemingly score at will right now. Uh, we're talking about Minnesota. It's a very different team. Uh, and granted, LA, uh, LAFC have struggled with Minnesota in the past. I think, I think to date, Minnesota still has our biggest loss. I think we lost them like 5-1. And then there was obviously the game, what was that, last year or two years ago when Mason Toy uh, scored his two goals against us at the bank and, and we drew. So it is a team that, um, or was that a 2 nothing loss? I can't, I honestly can't remember. Um, I think it was a 2 nothing loss now that, I, now that I think about it. 
So it is a team that we've struggled with in the past, but they came out first 20 minutes, first really the entire first half, they looked fine. Minnesota didn't really have much going in the way of an attack. They were doing pretty well at shutting us down once we got into the box. Oftentimes you'd see uh, a a back line of five or six Minnesota defenders uh, as those two defensive midfielders would drop into their line and help to defend a little bit wider. And I think you saw Diego Rossi struggle tonight as a result. He couldn't quite find space um, past those defenders. And I also think that's a, that's a factor of him starting so narrow. I, d- I really don't think he is suited for a two-striker system. Uh, the more that I watch him in this 3-5-2, and as soon as you get him back out on the wing with that center forward in the middle, in the 4-3-3, he looks so much more so much more comfortable just getting by people with pace and then making the decision whether to play a pass or uh, or to go to, to go to himself. What I saw tonight from Diego Rossi was a lot of time on the ball, time on the ball, time on the ball, one little step over, one little, you know, uh, faint here or there, waiting for a defender to bite, and the defenders just don't bite. And so then he'll try and play a pass, and it, that's not his game. He's not he's not a big combination play forward. He is a turn and burn forward that is going to scorch you once he gets behind you. Um, and tonight, I think he was asked to do too much in terms of combination play based on what Minnesota were doing, uh, sitting so many defenders back in front of him. So they did an effective job of bottling him up, but uh, somewhere around the 40th minute, Jose Cifuentes uh, picks up a ball in the midfield, intercepts a pass, jumps a passing lane, and is off to the races, finds Carlos Vela, and uh, Vela rides a, a challenge all the way into the box and is kind of being pushed and chips Tyler Miller with his right foot. A great goal, great setup from, from Cifuentes. This is the kind of play that LAFC need in their midfield, something a little bit, um, a little bit more in terms of creation. And he both wins the ball, drives it forward, lays it off, which is something that I just, you just don't see from the other midfielders. Atuesta will, will sit back and pick his spots and again, plays beautiful line breaking passes all the time. Blessing is going to add pressure. He's going to give you some stability on the ball. But in terms of really driving the ball forward and then finding a pass, it's not that's not him. There's a good example of I, I don't remember. I think it was in the it had to have been in the second half because at this point it's Edwards that he passes to. But you see blessing at the top of the box and the LAFC have kind of regrouped into a they've kind of regrouped on a on an attacking opportunity. And both Vela and, and Moon are out wide on the right. And the pass clearly should have gone to Moon, and instead, Blessing plays this like kind of chipped ball into Edwards, who's offside anyway. Uh, but Edwards, when he did bring that ball down, didn't have enough space. And again, it, it, it's Edwards. He's not. He's not Moon. He's not Vela. Um, so you just you don't get the same vision. You don't get the same passing. You don't get the same offensive threat you do with Blessing as you do with Cifuentes. Um, and that's that's on display here on this Carlos Vela goal, and uh, it's one of those. It's it's a goal where when you see it, you're like, okay, this is something we can build on. We can build on Jose Cifuentes in the in the midfield, 
picking up balls and finding Vela or finding Rossi or finding whoever it is, Arango, when he comes in. But um, so a, a great moment there. They go in at halftime and they come back out of the locker room. We're still at a 3-5-2, but now it's Edwards out at, uh, out at left wing back. And Marco Farfan has moved in to, or moved over to right center back. Palacios is now the left center back. And Tristan Blackman is your, is your sweeper, your central center back. Um, apparently, from the reports after the game, um, Jesus Murillo had, a, had tightness in his hamstrings. And we're going to talk about this, but the moment I saw that that was our, you know, our three-man back line, I panicked because none of those guys are center backs. And I know, I know, I know that LAFC want Tristan Blackman to be a center back. Um, so far, it hasn't stuck. And before the show, I was going back and forth with people on Twitter about the Walkerman, about the Walker Zimmerman trade. And uh, a couple people, you know, came in to say, oh, well, Tristan Blackman was there at center back and he was the plan. And um, Tristan Blackman is a Walker Zimmerman. And it's not that Zimmerman is Sergio Ramos or Thiago Silva. Uh, he's just, he's not quite there yet. And I don't, I don't know how long it's going to take him. Uh, I'm willing to be patient. I think he's a good player and he's somebody that I want involved with LAFC, but he's not, he's not a, a center back. Not yet. Um, certainly not playing in the center like this in a, in a three-man back line with two fullbacks on your sides. Anyway, um, so we all noticed this, and four minutes later, Minnesota have equalized. Um, and it's off of a throw-in. They seem unprepared. The ball swung over to the other side, and Marco Farfan gets beat. It's a great goal. You know, it, those kind of goals are going to happen. Um, but here we go. No center backs on the field, and in four minutes, you've conceded an equalizer. Um, play continues to look okay, uh, you know, for the rest of, I don't know, up until 75 minutes or whatever it was that Tristan Blackman scores his goal in the corner. Um, because, again, Minnesota isn't that great. So if, if it's going to happen to a team where you're out of center backs and you have to play all these guys – uh, out of position, then it may as well be against Minnesota because there's just not a whole lot of threat there. Um, one moment I want to shout out is Will Trapp getting really frustrated by Carlos Vela just running past him repeatedly and has to grab at him two or three times to finally foul him before the ref would call it. Uh, I'm just not a Will Trapp fan, so I, I thought it was a great moment. Um, ultimately, we end up with a corner kick and Tristan Blackman is on the, on the far post. He finds the header, little flick, great, like very well handled on his part, tucks it right inside the far post. Nothing Miller could have done about it. And LAFC are, are up and there's only, you know, 15, 20 minutes to go here. And based on how they had controlled most of the game, aside from the kind of like initial snafu of, uh, trying to get all those three, all you know, all the fullbacks figuring out where they're supposed to be and who they're supposed to cover 
in those first four minutes when they conceded the goal, they kind of settled into the game. And uh, it seemed like LAFC just may be able to possess this one for the rest of the way. Um, we come into like the 91st minute. Farfan goes into a challenge on the ground and wins it to his credit. And LAFC are off to the races. Farfan stays on the ground. And I, I don't remember, this may have been like the botched Sifu shot or something. I don't know. He may have hesitated. I know he hesitated on one shot when there's like a, an open net or something. Um, I don't remember if it was this one specifically. But either way, LAFC run the length of the field, turn the ball over, and the ball comes straight back down their throats, and Farfan is still on the ground. And when he notices that a ball is played in and behind him, he gets up, tries to recover, and gets done by whoever that left winger was, Ethan Finley, maybe, I don't know. Um, and there's a, there's a shot on goal, little rebound. Romero does a great job to keep us in it, and the ball is knocked away. Play eventually stops, and Farfan has to leave the field. Um, and, you know, th this is within stoppage time, so the ref is going to add some more time here. And ball comes back into play. They play for about a minute and a half, and we're now at, like, 95th minute, so it's, like, 94, 30-something seconds, and you start to hear the crowd whistling. Um, LAFC is looking a little bit, but they're still, they're still pressing. They're still trying to put some pressure on the, balls, on the ball, but uh, Jose Cifuentes gets beat in the midfield. Uh, because Minnesota has stretched them out as they're trying to chase in the 95th minute of play. And gets beat, kind of gives up on it, tries to, you know, make it look like he got hit in the face or something, and he stops. And Raheem Edwards doesn't come out quick enough to close that ball down. And whoever it is, again, don't know who it was on Minnesota, sends in a cross from the right wing. Uh, Farfan tries to put a head to it, kind of gets shielded off. Hassani Dotson is there at the top of the box, uh, and Moon just doesn't do anything to bother him. He brings it down out of the air and then hits it on like the second bounce. And, I mean, it, he murders this ball. Nothing Romero really could have done about it. It's It should have been better handled by the defenders, but it's just not. And so LAFC again dropped points at the death as a result of this. I want to go back to the Farfan injury, non-injury. I don't know. Maybe he really was hurt. Maybe he's trying to, to milk it. We've seen him do it before, especially in Salt Lake. He and Rossi were just, you know, they had this like epic moment of like just taking forever to get off the field. And you see Farfan do this. He stops and adjusts his shin guards on the way out. And then he comes back on the field. To me, that was the moment to bring in a sub. Just... Bob has to sub somebody to kill some more time. And because I, I don't know, I, maybe, maybe Farfan was just faking the whole thing. And he, again, he's just time wasting. So there's no reason to really bring on another sub, but to me, you bring in a sub. And again, hindsight is 2020. It's very easy for me to say that now. I'm sure Bob just thought it was in hand. So there's no point, but hindsight being what it is, that should have happened. Uh, and it doesn't, and it ends up costing you because all that extra time is just put right back on the clock, and then this happens. So, man, it, uh, just a brutal, brutal way to finish a game, especially in the stretch where 
you lost to Portland at the death. You had to claw your way back for 90 minutes to, to get even with Vancouver. And then you're up, you go up two different times in this game and then give away silly goals at that, you know, in like the half space on the left side of the field. Um, just, just brutal. And I know, I know people are, uh, are mad. I, I see you on Twitter. I see you responding to us. Uh, I get it. I feel you. This game, this game, and the past few games are a great example of all the things that are wrong with this team this year. And it's okay to point those out. It doesn't make you a bad fan. It doesn't make you hate this team. It doesn't make you hate a player. Um, it just, we, we know what we're watching. We see it. We know what it is. And it's not good enough. Um, just to give a little bit of context, when I say it's not good enough, I don't even necessarily mean it's not good enough for LAFC. LAFC should be doing better. Our team should be better. Our team should be special. Um, of course, I want them to be good and I want them to be special. But in a league like MLS, where there are so many restrictions on, on your roster, it is hard to be a, a perennial favorite, right? But this is not good enough to win trophies. It's not. And unless something changes, it's not going to be good enough to win trophies. And it's okay to point that out. And it's okay to say, hey, like, what, what, are, what are we doing here? What's the plan to fix this? We want to know what the plan to fix this is. Um, so, man, I, I, where to even start with this? Let's go back to halftime. When, and this is something that Josh and I have talked about for quite a while now. The idea that a three-man back line isn't just as simple as saying, oh yeah, we're going to throw out three center backs this time and we'll be able to push our wing backs further up and the, the midfield will be free to create and, and move forward because we'll always have three guys back. It's not That's not what it is. There are different passing lanes. There's different combinations. There's different roles within your center backs and you have to have one for each of the three roles. You have to have a right and a left center back that can drive into space that can act a lot of times like midfielders and invite all kinds of pressure while they're dribbling forward and then release the right pass. You have to have a, uh, you know, a, a central center back that is a fantastic one V one defender who can not only put out one V one fires, but understands how to delay really well and allow his team to recover. You have to have wingbacks who are willing to take risks and willing to get into the box and create havoc. And in Kim Moon-Wan, you have that. Diego Palacios showed a little more of that than he has in the past tonight, but he's still, you, you can see it. Watch Moon. Moon can play wingback in this kind of formation and give you the kind of attacking threat that you need when you're taking off a center forward and adding a center, a center back. Uh, Palacios does not give you that. He doesn't. And he's good. I, I like him. I want him involved with this team. But that's that's not what you see from him. So um, the other thing about this is on top of having the right center backs, the right types of center backs, you have to have enough center backs on your team. And right now, LAFC does not have enough center backs to play this way. They don't. 
I can name three center backs, and one of them is a stretch. You have Jesus Murillo, you have Eddie Segura, and you have Tristan Blackman, who is still a bit of a right-back, center-back hybrid. I think when you play him in a three-man back line and he's the right center-back, he's okay. Tonight you see him... Uh, he does a great job with some of the physical battles, shielding balls that are going back to uh, Tomas Romero. Excuse me. Uh, winning a couple balls out of the air. Um, you know, his, his, his positioning is pretty good in terms of like being able to delay opponents on a break. Um, but that's a big ask to ask a kid who used to be a winger and is now a right back to then step into a, the middle of a back line, of a back three. Um, that's, that's tough. That's unfair to him. You have Marco Farfan, who's a left footed player playing at right center back. That's unfair to him. You have Diego Palacios now, who is a left back, who was just playing left wing back. And now you want him to stay back and play as a center back. Uh, and he's the one to me that looked the least comfortable out of that secondary back three that you played tonight. Um, it's unfair to him. You have Raheem Edwards, who is a left winger playing wing back. That's unfair to him. So the only, again, we talked about this the other day. The only guy who is in his actual position is Moon. That's it. And ultimately, he's the one that gives up the goal. Um, but man, it's that's unfair. It's unfair to these players to ask them to do that. If you were going to play a three-man back line, you must have more center backs on your roster, especially if you're going to do it with this many games in this rapid succession that we've seen. They've run out this three-man back line, um, at least back to Portland, right? And Eddie Segura gets hurt, and you say, we're going to run it again. And then Mario gets hurt at halftime. And now you're in this situation. I can't. Like, I can't stress that enough. And you may you may say, hey, we still have Jordan Harvey. We have Eric Duenas. We have uh, Tony Leone. Those guys aren't subbed in. Bob didn't sub them in. So do you really have them? And my argument is no. If Bob isn't using these subs, then you don't really have, like, you don't really have that depth. Um, it's just... Uh, <laughs> It's a, it, it, to me, that's kind of like saying, oh, well, you have Danny Musovsky that can come play center forward for you. You can go back to 4-3-3. Yeah, you could, but Bob isn't doing that. So they're, he's worried about how well they're playing, like how well they can play. Um, man, I, this roster just continues to frustrate me like crazy because of things like this. Uh they found success with the three-man back line. And if they're going to stick with it, if it's going to be something that's in the repertoire, even if it's just something that they play every once in a while, I really think they need another depth center back in the worst way. Like, go bring back Yakovic. Bring back... Uh, you, you have to go get somebody. You need another center back on this roster that Bob trusts... Because today, today, he ran out three fullbacks in a back line when his 
last when the when the last center back standing got hurt. Three fullbacks. This roster has issues. And it's okay to say it. It's okay to say it. It's okay to point out that it's a weird year because of because we're coming off of the back end of COVID, but it has issues. Your third DP can't see the field. You have really expensive midfielders. Uh, like, well, really one. You have a really expensive midfielder in Francisco Ginella who doesn't see much of the field, who I thought looked pretty good when we saw him on Saturday. Um, man, it's, it's not. Guys, this is, this is tough. It is tough to watch this happen because it's almost like it's almost like watching a slow moving car wreck where we've seen it kind of going on so long this year and you see moments of brilliance where you think the car is going to swerve out of the way at the last second and then you come back for the next game and this is what happens. Um, is it the worst result in the world tonight? No, it's not because you got to draw. You got at least one point. But the age-old formula in MLS for success, what is it? Win at home, draw on the road. And in the past three matches, LAFC have lost on the road and drawn at home. Uh, so not great. Um, can they make the playoffs? Sure, they can make the playoffs. That is a very, very low bar in MLS. Um, with the number of teams that make it into the playoffs. How far can they go in the playoffs? If they play like this, not very far. Without substantial change um, in terms of, like, I mean, you need Christian Arango, or Chicho Arango, sorry, to come in, and he has to, from day one, enable you to go back to the 4-3-3, enable you to, to, fix, to like, fix up your, your back line, so that you have a bit of a rotation of a rotation between Moon and, and Blackman, and Blackman can spell your center backs when they get hurt. Uh, you still need a depth center back. You still have to have it. You have to, uh, because again, Harvey is not an option. Duenas is not an option, and Leone is not an option right now. At least not an option that Bob is willing to use. Are they technically options? Sure, but. Until Bob uses them, they're not a real option. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say about, about the roster. Uh, well, let's get into uh, the Mark Anthony K news. Josh and I thought about doing a, a podcast just about this yesterday. So yesterday, news broke that Mark Anthony K was being, um, I guess the appropriate MLS vernacular is traded because it's not, he's not being sold for just straight up cash. He, LAFC got $1 million in GAM, which is MLS funny money. You can use it to buy down contracts. You can use it to do funny things with the, with the salary cap. They got an international spot, and they also, I think they maintained like 10% of his rights or something like that. Um, so Mark Anthony Kay, who's been with us from the beginning, who was an incredibly important part of that 2019 team, that won the Supporter Shield, uh, part of that midfield trio that just wrecked the league that year. Um, and from 
everything that I could gather, it seemed like the writing may have been on the wall within the organization. Mark Anthony Kay was, I think, making only making like $225,000 a year from, from LAFC, uh, which is a low number for him. This is a guy that started the, the vast majority of, of matches uh, and was on, again, an extremely team-friendly deal. The man deserves to be paid more based on his production. And, and the, I mean, if nothing else, just the sheer number of starts that he gets, the, the amount that LAFC have used him, uh, he deserves more money. And I imagine they weren't willing to go for it. Again, they, they seem to have this, we're going to spend more money on speculative players and hope that we can turn them into big, into big wins on, on the back end. Uh, and with guys like Walker Zimmerman and uh, Mark Anthony Kay, if we can't keep you on a team on a team friendly deal, then we're going to ship you out. Uh, granted, they made well, a lot of money on Mark Anthony Kay um, on this on this sale, and I think he's clearly made a big time name for himself. He's going to, he'll walk into that Colorado starting eleven and be one of the most important players on their team. Uh, because he's a great box-to-box midfielder at this point. Um, and his, he's got his time at LAFC and Bob Bradley to thank for that because they saw the potential in him, scooped him up out of USL, and and helped him become what he is. Um, and, I, I mean, I sincerely wish him the best. I know that um, we've been critical of him on the show at times uh, based on mostly just like, hey, Maybe not at the international level, right? You can use him in MLS super effectively. And once you get to the international level, he's going to struggle a little bit more and might be one of your weaker spots on the field. Um, but that's not to say that he's not going to go to Colorado and play really well in this league. Um, so that's, it's, man, it's, tough to see the guys that have been here from the beginning go because it's like, we don't have very many left. I think it's uh, Vela, Rossi, Blessing, and Harvey, I think are the only, uh, Blackman was there at the beginning, but there's not very many that were there at the beginning still. So it's interesting to see as LAFC continues to turn over the entire roster uh, from the from the start. Um, what I will say is that I think going back to kind of the idea that the writing may have been on the wall, uh, certainly in Bob's comments, he, he, he let it be known that Mark had, had approached him and said that other teams were interested in him, wanted to make sure that Bob knew. I don't know if that's like some sort of like failed, like, Hey, you better play me because I want to, I want to be here. I want to, but I want to play. Um, or if it's more like, Hey, if you don't need me, and you're not going to use me like I want to be used or, or you're not going to, to pay me what I deserve, then I want you guys to be talking to other teams. Um, it's, hard to, it's hard to know exactly what it was, but uh, I think the emergence of Jose Cifuentes is certainly like these, the, final, the final thing that they were probably waiting for in terms of, okay, now we can move Mark. Um, because he's he's turned into something that we can rely on. And I think you continue to see it in terms of production 
from Cifuentes. And there are, there are moments where um, you can see that he's not quite ready still, that he, there's a, he's, he's still a bit raw. Um, the, you know, the, the shot that he passes up tonight, he should, he should just bury that. Uh, the non-challenge that he puts on the Minnesota uh, midfielder when, uh, we're, when we're right at the death and he tries to reach out and grab and he still gets by him. Um, that's got to be, it's got to be better. It's got to be, that's got to be a foul. Uh, no questions asked. Take the red, take whatever, whatever you have to do to stop that play from happening at that point, take it. Um, but you also see higher production. So in vastly fewer games, I, I don't know how many games Cifuentes is, has appeared in at this point, but he's got six goals. K had nine in 77 games. Cifuentes has four assists already. K had 16 during his time with the team, um, which again, good numbers. Like that's 16 assists is nothing to nothing to uh, to make fun of, but you see Cifuentes just doing it at a at a more rapid pace. So, all the best to Mark Anthony K. Um, certainly, a big part of what made this team so special. Uh, and represented the city and the, and the, and the club well. And you know that he will in the future as well. Uh, because, again, LAFC is the one that brought him into the league, that took the chance on him, and that, that helped turn him into what he is now. So everywhere he goes, people will always point back to, hey, this all happened under Bob Bradley at LAFC, where it really all kind of came together for him. So once again, best of luck in Colorado to Mark. And uh, take care from Colorado. All right. So uh, now's the fun part. Let's get into, oh my goodness. All right. We, I got to take these quick because they keep piling up. <laughs> uh, oof. Let's see here. Sorry, guys. A lot of comments. Okay, first one from Ozzy Barajas at Ozzy343. I am at a loss of words. Uh, judging by the fact that I've gone nearly 35 minutes here by myself, um, you would think that I, that I do not or did not feel this way. But it's certainly, it's certainly difficult to, to process this. Another loss like this on that goal. I mean, Dotson... That was just, that ball was, uh, I mean, it's a banger of a goal. You hate, you hate when your team gives these up, especially in the manner that the, where it's right at the end, it's an equalizer. Um, man, just, just so brutal. So brutal. Next one from Mark Rivera at Mark Revival. Midfield and forward line played way better today than most of the season. If we are in the playoffs and we don't have Mario and Segura, it takes a it'd take a miracle to win. So I'm not surprised. Credit to Minnesota, they looked really well coached. Yeah, I mean certainly disciplined, especially defensively. The way that they kept Rossi bottled up by basically just giving him space and, and keep him in front of them uh, is all that they had to do in terms of in terms of Rossi. They got caught out when Cifuentes jumps that passing lane and they got beat on a set piece. But, um, you know, they, they played they played a game that was good enough for a draw. Um, so 
All right, next one from Lionel Hutz at from Cheap Seat. I honestly don't know at this point. I can't imagine Bob hasn't prepared them for that situation. Why did so many players get sucked forward? Fair to roast Bob for not bringing in fresh legs. That Loons team was weak. No way should they have tied this game. Again, I, I know I just said that they played well enough for a draw, but it, I mean, it's mostly just because when you park six defenders in front of the goal um, and you stay disciplined to that, you can expect a draw. Uh, should they have lost this game? Yes, because that should have never happened at the end. Um, you should have never had five fullbacks, four fullbacks and a winger in your back five. Should have never had that happen. Um, but I digress. Um, one thing I wanted to point out, uh, I can't imagine Bob hasn't prepared them for that situation. I think you're talking about the situation at the end where Sifu should just take a foul and Moon should probably just foul or like at least hassle him, at least do something. But rather than stand with your arms behind your back and then turn your head away at the last second, like you got you got to put some pressure on that ball because again, he brings it out of the air. It bounces. Then he gets off the shot. There's got to be pressure on that ball. You can't just watch that happen. Um, why did so many players get sucked forward? I think it's because they're still pressing into they're just trying to move that ball around and, and force them to cough up uh, the ball through a bad pass. And you see, you know, so play is recycled. And Cifuentes actually starts this, this whole sequence kind of deep in the midfield on the right-hand side of the field. And he gets, um, they recycle play and Vela and, and Rossi go chasing. And so he has to step up into the, into the top of the midfield. And that's when he, you know, one of the Minnesota midfielders comes back, wins the ball and then, and then spins him and he can't catch up again. Um, and that goes to your point about fresh legs. I, I, maybe if you have fresh legs, they're able to cover all that ground in the 95th minute. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I have to imagine that they would have, but I don't think at that point Cifuentes would have been the sub anyway. Blessing seemed to be the one uh, that probably would have been subbed out for Bryce Duke. But um, again, no subs were made, so it's all a moot point. Next one's from Somber Amarath, at Somber Amarath. We used to fall asleep with it with 15 minutes to go, and now we fall asleep with 15 seconds to go. This is not an improvement. It just feels like we take one step forward to take three steps back. We need to learn to kill off games. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what you see Marco Farfan trying to do, going down with that injury and not being aware that the play is coming right back at him and that there's a shot on goal created because he fin when he finally does recover, he just gets done up anyway. Um, ball is cleared. Now he takes forever to get off the field and more time is added. Um, he does, he does miss a header on that last cross. Uh, but I mean, he's pretty effectively boxed out by, by the Minnesota attacker there. Uh, I mean, just, it's not, it's not just far fun. It's he, nobody's scapegoating him. Um, again, moon moon should be much more physical in that moment. He should be putting it on the ref to call a foul right outside the box. Um, Cifuente should be taking a foul there. I mean, there. Even put in a late challenge when it goes back to the center back. I don't know if it was Vela or, or Rossi, but put in a late challenge on that center back after they pass the ball away when the when the ball's recycled. Um, 
you you've got you just have to be more physical down the stretch um and make them earn it but i mean dotson again dotson has all the time in the world the guy that the the midfielder that crosses that ball in has all the time in the world because Cifuentes misses and Edwards doesn't close down. He starts to go out and then just isn't there fast enough. Next one, the shoe at Paul T. Greco. Like an episode of Gilligan's Island, these always end the same way. Yeah, except, I, man, I wish I could, like, build a, a center back out of, like, bamboo, right? Where's the professor? Because this is, like, hmm. I... I think it was General MacArthur once said that you have to go to war with the army you've got. Um, that's not the case right now. Like the transfer window's open. Uh, like it's been open for a month now. You can go get yourself another center back, right? You just don't have to make things that are on the island. You can you can alter this this story. And to LAFC's credit, they don't have a center forward that's of the right quality, so. They went out and got one. Um, the resources, they have the resources to go out and get another center back too. And they absolutely should. They 100% should. Doesn't have to be Sergio Ramos. Doesn't have to be uh, Virgil van Dijk. It just has to be somebody who can come in in the second half when Mario is hurt and you're already playing two fullbacks in your three-man back line. Because it's just not fair. It's not fair to the players. Next one from Christopher Colonna at LAFC 2021. Uh, I'm going to have to edit this one a little bit. This team just can't close out a Samuel L. Jackson match, can they? It's just impossible for them to do that, isn't it? How many more times is it going to take before this uh, nonsense stops? They will not win anything, not one single trophy until they learn how. Again, it goes back to uh, what I said earlier. How many trophies are they going to win like this? Zero. They are going to win zero trophies. And we either have to wrap our heads around the fact that that's like they've conceded that this year or that there's a change coming that's going to help. But the longer it goes on, the longer it seems like, okay, now we know. And it's just time to support because that's what we do, right? In las buenas y en las malas. Like that, if, that's, if that's what we're being asked to do, fine. Just tell us that. But don't trot out this nonsense about, oh, well, we're still pretty good defensively. Oh, well, we still created some chances. Oh, we created shots. Like... They're not winning games consistently. They've won six games. They've drawn five. They have lost five games. What else do you want me to say? That's not that's not going to cut it in terms of of winning trophies. So don't tell me that they're going to win trophies because they're not. And Every team at the beginning of the season is going to tell you our goal is to win MLS Cup. Our goal is to, or they're going to at least tell you supporter shield, right, or, or whatever. That's the goal. So if if we're giving up on this, if the if we've seen enough for this year, okay, tell me just so I can start singing louder in the stands, and that's what I'll do. But don't try and justify it. 
And quite frankly, this is Christopher Colonna still. And quite frankly, they don't deserve to win uh, anything until they learn how to stop dropping points. Beyond angry with this team right now. Yeah, again, it's justified. It's justified. Um, especially because, again, you keep being told that things are one way and they're clearly not. That you're a bad fan because you said this. You're not. We all we all see it. Are they bottom of the barrel tarot? Are they you know bottom of the barrel team? No, they're not. They're not. They're mediocre. They they win sometimes, they lose sometimes, and they draw sometimes. Six, five, and five. So again. Hopefully, hopefully Arango can get in here and uh, give you stable play at center forward, and then you can move Vela back to his position. You can move Rossi back to his position, and you can go back to four-man back line. And uh, hopefully, they can get some some chemistry going as they get into the playoffs. But again, as currently constituted, which is without Arango, which is without the appropriate number of center backs and playing a 3-5-2 this isn't going to cut it Ben Cox at Sir Bensington three substitutions available to kill two minutes lose points yet again in stoppage yeah 100% I think they only had two subs left even though they could have subbed four technically uh, because I think they still only have three windows to make the five subs if I remember correctly but that's admittedly very nitpicky and doesn't really make a difference and to your point, which is they could have easily helped kill some more of that clock from the Farfan incident. Uh, sub a Farfan right there and then get another one up right after that. And on the very next stoppage, sub another one, just kill, kill the momentum, kill the clock, add something just a little bit different, add some fresh legs for those, for that last minute where you're just chasing, but man, you got it. You got to take control of that game. And that's that's what I think is is the problem is our idea of seeing out a game is just being on the field like, ah, oh, well, there's only two minutes left, so it's highly unlikely that they score. As opposed to taking control of the pace of the game and making subs, clearing the ball into the into the upper deck, all these things, even the far fond time wasting, all that's a way to take control of what's happening in the game, but they, they don't do it effectively enough. Um, next one, Travis Helwig. Uh, if you have an open net in front of you, is it more strategic? To, is it more strategic at, uh, to one time it or just hold on to the ball for a while and then turn it over asking for a friend? Well, Travis, um, I think what you should do is ask another friend because I don't know. Because I, if it were me, I would just one time, of course. But I am a 35 year old man who sells screws to put in people's back. So I'm not a professional footballer. But yeah, you should definitely just one time it. All right. Uh, next one is from Celso, Celso back at BIB, back in black LA. Uh, and it's just a gift from SpongeBob with a little fish being hit in the head with a brick, which is about how we all feel right now. Donuts at Steely Zidane. Underrated pressing. Oh, here we go. Underrated pressing need. 
center back depth. Yep. I'm okay with Harvey being, again, if you go to a back four, you I think you still need center back depth. Even if you say Blackman and Harvey are the guys. But, and that's based on, that's based on Harvey not getting any minutes ever. That means that Blackman can be the guy that spells Segura and Mario when they, when they need to get, when they need a day off. But then you don't have a sub for them on those days. So you got to have a fourth guy that you can trust, that you can give, I don't know, 200 minutes a season to. That's it. You got to have somebody. But right now that person doesn't exist. Uh, and it, again, that's if you're in a back four with only two center backs on the field. If you're playing with three center backs on the field, those guys are going to rack up a ton of minutes on their legs. And you have to have five or six center backs on the roster. You have to. Otherwise, it's just madness. What are you doing? Our boy Josh Cacho, here he is. Glad I made the decision to watch the weird movie about people getting old on a beach with my wife instead of subjecting myself to this garbage. With the gif of Simon Cowell saying, absolutely awful. Well, Josh, the show misses you. The people miss you. LAFC Loop, at LAFC Loop. Honestly, the thing that upsets me most is that Romero had that incredible double save and stoppage to keep us up a goal, only for our defense to blunder it a few minutes later. So this, this double save is when Farfan is caught on the ground napping, um, gets up, recovers fine, and then gets beat, and then the double save happens, which, again, I agree with Luke. It's, man, the kid deserves better. The kid deserves to be protected better than by three fullbacks in a back three. Uh, next one from Ozzy Barajas again uh, at Ozzy343. Uh, at FX Rivera brought up a good point. Make subs to kill off the clock and bring on and bring in flesh, fresh legs. Excuse me. Again, agreed. Agreed. I, I, everybody can see this. Like how many people brought up these points now? So don't tell me that. Uh, oh well, it, you know it's just a weird thing. Just the way the ball rolls. We can all see the mistakes that were made. Uh, next one, also from Ozzy. Sifu could have. Uh, enough of coulda, woulda, shoulda. We need to get our stuff together. I, I agree. He, I mean, he could have fouled, like I said. Should have fouled. Um, but he didn't. And at the end, this team drops points again. Accountability. Unpopular football lover. At Foot Fanatica, why did Bob make so few changes, especially when the team was playing uh, twice a week for a while? Brian's still unused too. Um, I I don't I don't know who else he plays. I mean, he, he the subs that I would have made in this game is that I I would have um, again I, as I mentioned I would have subbed off Farfan in that in the last moment, but I thought around the 80th minute. You needed help in the midfield. And so I would have brought on Bryce Duke, either for Latif Blessing or, or Sifu. Uh, I think Brian Rodriguez is another great option. And Rossi was not effective tonight. You could have brought in Rodriguez in the 75th minute and, or right after the Tristan goal. 
to give you some fresh legs to chase at the at the top of your formation or some fresh legs just to stretch the defense a little bit more effectively. Um, Rossi was fine running into space, but again, couldn't connect any of his passes. So, man, just give just give Rodriguez a few more minutes to go out there and run and connect some passes and try and see this one out. Um, in terms of like larger overall subs, I, I don't know. I don't know who else he plays on that back line. And I think you, I think you are right that uh, he should have been able to play different people on the back line. But the fact that he doesn't, again, go to Harvey or Leone or, or Duenas, who are just kids, by the way, they're like 16 years old. The fact that he doesn't go to them means that, to me at least, that he, de- he doesn't trust them at all. Like he can't put them out there. Harvey can't go 90. He can't put kids out there. So um, I think his hands are a little bit tied. Janela could have come in, I guess. Um, and then on, uh, uh, with your forwards, really, Rodriguez is the only one. Jennings and, uh, and Musovsky, I don't, I don't know how those loans work, if they get them back the next day or what, but um, no depth. No depth. All right. Al Hopkins, Culver City Al. I missed that last goal. Otherwise, holding strong and steady for playoffs will be okay. No, we're not. Holding strong for the playoffs, again, is a, the lowest of bars in MLS. And a lot of people will tell you that if you don't make it to the playoffs, your coach should just be fired right then and there uh, because it is such a low bar. Um, we'll be okay. I mean, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll be okay tomorrow. The sun will come out and, uh, I'll have a good breakfast and go on a run. I'll be fine. Yeah. But the team, the team is not going to win, man. I don't, I don't know. Like unless, unless Arango comes in and they go back to their four, three, three, and they're able to dissect teams like they did before. And they have their appropriate depth at center back. Um, which is a, a possibility, right? It's a possibility that all these pieces fall into place, but the team on the field tonight that Bob had available to him tonight, which is the team that he's had available to him all year, all 16 games we decided is what they played. This is what they are. They win some, they lose some, they draw some. Oftentimes they drop points at the end of games. That's it. That's the team. So, I mean, we'll be okay. Like, I, I mean, go to the playoffs. Okay. Again, low bar. Maybe, maybe win their first playoff game. Maybe. But again, that's not, that's not the goal. That's not the goal. Mike beats at beats. I'm sad. I'm sorry. You're sad. Mike football, football should make people happy. Uh, and uh, right now, LAFC has this has a way of crushing our spirits right at the end, huh? Um, oh man, more coming in. Okay, gonna get to these new ones. Let's see. Sorry, trying to get there now. Okay. I know this is great radio. This is why it's sometimes hard to do by myself is I'm like trying to scroll through and grab all these tweets and 
get them to you as fast as possible. Next one, Kim Moon Hwan, to you to start at LAFC Dad. This is a Bob thing. It's been so constant for four years, late game mentality. They continue to push and are lazy on the retreat. Defense failed, but this is so common. I'm over it, to be honest. I expect it. Yeah, I mean, this is something we've talked about. It, it, it is definitely a principle of play of theirs, like a, an overarching principle to defend high up the field, well up the field. They're going to put pressure on the back line. They're going to put pressure on keepers. And the midfielders and defenders are going to fill in the spots left by those who go and press. And that's going to leave you exposed. It's going to leave you exposed to counterattacks. And especially in the 95th minute, when you don't make any subs in the midfield and your midfielder gets beat, he's not going to catch back up. It's just not going to happen. So, uh, man, like you said, it, it goes back to, I mean, this, is, this has been a story with LAFC for a while now. They'll score lots of goals. They're going to give up some bad ones. And I think it was year one must have been year one, where they would get on top and then give away leads really consistently. They would give away leads. And we're still doing that nonsense right now. They kind of fixed it in 2019. I feel like it wasn't as bad last year, but man, this year it has been bad where we, where we give them away. So, all right, everybody. Like I, like I told Al, we're going to be okay. All of us are going to be okay. The sun's going to come out tomorrow. Go on a run. Tell your kids you love them. Call your parents. Tell them you love them. Go kick a football around a field. You know, whatever. Uh, and we'll regroup and we'll try and get a better result the next time. Um, but I do want to validate the fact that, like, I want to validate all of you who are feeling down about this and who are questioning how far this team can go because that's a, it's an appropriate question to ask. So take the time you need tonight to, to think about that stuff, to wallow a little bit, and then come back next time ready to support. Um, and hopefully LAFC can get back on track and surprise us all. So you can follow the show at counterpress underscore. You can follow me at Kirk Kinsey, and we will talk to you next time. Bye.